Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. So what does God reveal to us as we read the Psalms, Colin? That's what we're talking about over these next few days. Right at the end of Psalm 7, the last verse we read, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. We've been saying how that his righteousness becomes our righteousness. So instead of being the objects of wrath that we deserve, we are now the children of God. We are now the sons and daughters of God. We're now co-heirs with Christ. And that means that he looks upon us and doesn't deal with us according to our own righteousness because, you know, self-righteousness is as filthy rags in God's sight. But he deals with us according to the righteousness of Jesus, which has been imputed to us, which means, you know, he, he, he has imparted that righteousness to us. He, he sees us now as righteous because we are in Christ and Christ is in us. And yet he is the Lord Most High. He, he is the God, the creator of the universe. And so the next psalm begins, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I, I don't know about you, but I love to praise God. I love to worship him. I love to focus on him, not to, talk, not to sing or talk about how I feel about him, but just to focus on who he is. He is the Lord most high. He is the Lord who reigns in majesty. He, he is the one who has created all and is over all and is in all and is through all. I mean, he is the Lord of glory. He is the Lord of dominion and might and power. And yet he is the God of love. He is the God who is merciful. He is the God uh, of grace. These psalms are full of that sort of language, Colin. Is it that that instills confidence in us that builds faith? Yes, and you see, David was a man of tremendous faith, but David was a man who could go through times almost of despair. He went through very black periods in his life. Uh, we would say that uh, you know he even went through periods of depression, uh, not a word that is known in Scripture, but that's how we would put it today. And yet he never lost the sight of who God was and that that God would bring him through whatever opposition, whatever danger he was in, uh, what, what, whatever uh, catastrophe seemed to arise in his life. Uh, God was always there for him. Um, he, he asks in, in verse 4 of, of chapter 8, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Uh, you know, I, I often think that. I, Lord, why do you care so much about me? I mean, I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody. I, you know, the, the scripture says the nations to you are but a drop in a bucket. Now, just, just imagine that. Just a, a drop, a drop of water. The nations to God are like a drop of water. Now, there's just over 200 nations in, in the world. So this nation, the nation to which you belong, is less than two hundredth of a drop to God. And within that nation, within this nation, there's about 60 million people. So, you know, we're getting to something very small now. Uh, one two hundredth of a drop, one sixty millionth of a two hundredth of a drop. Uh, you, you just see how minuscule we are in relation to who God is. And yet, he knows me. 
He knows everything about me. He knows you. He knows everything about you. Why? Because he's checking up on you? No, because he loves you, because he cares about you. He cares about every detail in your life. He cares about what happens to you. Uh, and um, uh, this, this is the amazing thing about the love of God. I mean, what is, what is man that you're mindful of him? I mean, just look at the way we treat God. Look at the way we dishonor God. Look at the way we forget about him. Look at the way we get so caught up in our, our lives that we say, oh, we're too busy to pray and too busy to do this. And, and oh, I don't think, feel like going to church today. And, oh, I don't know that I want to to reach out and love my neighbor because it's just too demanding. I mean, you know, we treat God in all kinds of casual ways like this. Uh, and, and yet, he, he, he is mindful of us and he cares for us. You know, you made him, the next verse says, a little lower than the heavenly beings and the angels, but you've crowned him with glory and honor. And, and I think, well, here am I. I'm a little nobody. I'm such a tiny, minuscule part of his creation. And yet he knows me. He loves me. He cares me about me. He's called me. He's chosen me. And here, this amazing, amazing truth, he crowns me with glory and honor. And, and uh, you know, uh, I, I used to struggle with thoughts like that. I, you know, I would see them in, in, in the scripture, and I'd think, God, how on earth can you crown me with, with glory and honor? And, and he, he helped me to understand this. He said, well, I teach in my word that you reap what you sow. So if you glorify me, I will crown you with glory. If you honor me, I will crown you with honor. Uh, I crown you with whatever you use to crown me, to exalt me, to honor me, to praise me. And, and that helped me a lot. I, and, and, you know, he, he then said to me, you know, Colin, I'll never let you outdo me in giving, you see. So whatever you give to me, I'll always give far more back to you. And whatever you give uh, that is good uh, to me, I will give far more of that same goodness back into your life because I will never let you outdo me in giving because I am so much bigger and greater than you are. And so to me, you know, this is all just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful truth. And I'm just amazed at the love of God. I'm amazed at the grace and the mercy of God. And, and it's all so true, and it's all so real. And yet, you know, there are so many dear souls, they just get so full of themselves and of their own problems and fears that they just wonder if God is there. They wonder if God cares for them. They wonder if God loves them. And if only they take their eyes off of themselves, put them onto the Lord, begin to exalt him and praise him, just like David learned to do, then they would find that God lifts them out of the mari clay. He lifts them out of, of all the rubbish and, and, and the stuff that seems to swamp them and, and drown them and, and defeat them. Well, how can people actually come to appreciate God in the way that you've just described, Colin? Is it, for example, by taking a psalm like Psalm 8 and making it their own, personalizing it? Yes, I mean, you can take any truths of Scripture, not just the psalm. You go anywhere in the, the, the um, New Testament. And what, what you have to realize is that, um, you know, faith comes from hearing the word. But, but faith has to be personal. And so if you want the word to encourage faith in your life, what you have to do is to take the word personally for yourself. He's not just talking about anybody and everybody. He's talking about you. So you see, for example, uh, at the beginning of Psalm 9, 
I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart, says David. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Now, that's what we all need to be doing every day of our lives, because that helps to keep our focus on the Lord. That helps us to remember that he is in charge, that he is much greater than we are, much greater than all he has made, that he is the one that is worthy of all praise. He is the one who, therefore, is able to do anything. He is the God of wonders. But he's the God too, you see, who is so personal and 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 um, and concerned about the details of our lives. So just after that, David, in this same Psalm, Psalm 9, David says, verse 4, for you have upheld my right and my cause. You have sat on your throne judging righteously. You see, and, and this is it. When you get your eyes on the Lord and on who he is, you realize that he upholds your cause. He is concerned about you. He is working for your good. In all things, he's working for your good. It's, it's just wonderful. You, you, you realize that this great and mighty God who knows you and loves you, has called you and chosen you, who has come to live in you by his spirit, is so concerned about you that he's there upholding your right and your cause, no matter what the situation you're in. And if David could say these words when he was constantly in trouble, that must encourage us too. Yes, because we're in a better position than David. David didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. David didn't know the salvation of the cross and the blood of Jesus in the way that we do. I mean, David was a man before his time, really. He had a, a, an amazing relationship with God for a man of the Old Testament. But you see, we are in a much better position than him or of any of the prophets. Jesus made that clear because we live in Christ and Christ lives in us. And so all these truths are true for us and even more so because the promises of the new covenant are greater than the promises of the old. Colin, you're sounding really almost brokenhearted that people don't grasp the the simplicity yet the enormity of these words. Well, you see, if only people would spend more time reading the scriptures, for, which will give them faith, than they do thinking about themselves, thinking about their problems, complaining to others, looking for self, looking for pity from from others, and being full of self pity themselves. If only instead of spending time doing that, they would turn to the Lord, they would turn to His Word, they would read what He says. That then faith would rise up within them and they'd realize, wait a minute, I don't have to look for an answer. I have the answer to my dilemma, to my need, and his name is Jesus. And his life is mine. His life is available to me right now. So you see, in this Psalm 9, uh, David goes on to say, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust in you. As for you, Lord, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Now, just listen to that. You see, are you oppressed? Well, the Lord is your refuge. Are you in a time of trouble? Well, the Lord is your stronghold. Um, and, and he will never, ever forsake those who seek him. You see, it's when we lose sight of him, it's when we get our eyes on ourselves and our problems and our needs and our circumstances, that that's when we begin to fall apart. That's when we begin to get discouraged and downhearted. But as soon as we get our eyes back on him, then we get our eyes back on the truth. And so in the next verse, in verse 11, um, David says, Sing praises to the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers. He does not ignore the cry 
care of the afflicted. And you see, this is the great thing. If you're in a time of affliction, if you're in a time of need, and you cry out to God, and your focus is on Him, you're seeking Him, you want His resolution to your situation, then God will hear you, and God will answer you, because He is faithful. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 